Today on The Journey. God is the one in whom we can have full confidence. You can't depend on anyone else to get you through this situation. You can't depend on your closest friend, your husband, your wife. God is the one who's going to get you through. It's His promise. A powerful foe is stalking you, calculating your weaknesses and your next moves. Perhaps he's already wounded you, and you feel it's only a matter of time before he closes for the kill. Well, today, Ron Moore offers spiritual encouragement to overcome Satan's attacks and to resist his temptations. Listen and discover untapped strength for the fight. Plus, after the message, I'll let you know about Ron's devotional booklet titled Garments of Grace. In it, you'll discover eight items of spiritual clothing God wants every believer to wear. Garments of Grace is available as a digital download for a donation of any amount at ronmore.org. Your gift today will help further this ministry of developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now here's Ron with the message, Grace of Strength, on the journey. In order to introduce this subject of the grace of strength, I'd ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the first book, Genesis. Genesis chapter 4, and there I want for us to review a familiar story, the story of Cain and Abel. And in that story, I want us to look at one particular aspect that I'm going to use to ask a question about temptation. If you look at chapter 4, the middle of verse 2, and Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Now if you study this passage, you will see that Cain and Abel both brought appropriate offerings to the Lord, but the difference was in their attitudes, the way in which they brought them. The Lord accepted Abel's offering, did not accept Cain's offering, so Cain became very angry and very emotional. In fact, the emotion of his anger showed on his face. And as is often the case, when we have an issue that we are dealing with personally, instead of dealing with it personally, we take it out on other people. Look at verse 6. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why is your face downcast? Verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Here, God likens sin temptation to a hungry animal. Think in your mind of a crouching tiger ready to pounce on its prey. The crouching tiger of sin desires to have you. God says, Cain, you can't let it overcome you. You must overcome it. And we know the rest of the story here that Cain did not listen to God, and he killed his brother Abel and paid the consequences for that the rest of his life. But I want to use that verse 7 to ask a question. What sin, what temptation 
is crouching at your door, ready to pounce on you and overcome you. And the second question is, how are you dealing with it? Are you letting it overpower you time and time and time again? Or is there strength here that can allow you victory in this area? To answer that question, then, let's go to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look specifically at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. But we can never look at one verse in isolation or two verses in isolation, so let me first set the context as you're turning there. Paul is writing his letter to a church in trouble. They are believers. They've trusted in Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, but they have many problems. And if you read through the book, you will see over and over examples of their spiritual immorality. This church, charged with proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, is in a bad news situation, and instead of promoting the cause of Christ, people are looking at the failures of this church and saying to themselves, why would I ever want to be involved with them? What difference does Christ make in their lives? Not much, it doesn't seem. They have everything they need for obedience, but yet they're living in disobedience. And so in chapter 10, Paul is going to issue a strong warning, and he's going to use the nation of Israel as an example. He reminds this church of a period of time in Israel's history when they had just sensed and seen the power of God. They had just been delivered from Egypt. They'd been slaves there, and God delivered them. This people had just seen God bring the plagues upon Egypt. They saw his power. They had been a part of the group that went through the Red Sea. They had seen with their own eyes God open the sea before them. They turned around and watched as God closed the sea on the Egyptians pursuing. They had seen the power of God. This was a generation out in the desert as God was taking them to the promised land. And they were the ones who went out every day and collected the manna. They knew God provided them with food every day. And God provided them with water. And not only did He provide them with physical nourishment, but with spiritual nourishment. His presence was with them. And yet, Paul says, they set their hearts to evil. Can you imagine? This generation that they were experiencing the power of God, and they set their hearts to evil. And then Paul starts listing the sins. He says they were idolaters. Here they were being led by a cloud. They saw the presence of God with them. And they served other gods. And Paul says, don't do that. Don't be idolaters like they were and reap the discipline that God put on them. This group was involved in sexual immorality. Again, God was with them. And yet, they fell to the temptation of sexual immorality. Paul uses that example to say, don't do that. They grumbled against God. They tested the Lord. They were disciplined for that. Paul says, you can't live like that. And he uses them as an example in verse 11. Notice what he says. He says, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the fulfillment of the ages has come. So if you think you are standing firm, 
Be careful that you don't fall. Paul says, don't forget your history. The same people who experienced all of God's power, saw the sea open before them, saw God's provision and His protection and His working in their lives, these same people fell into gross immorality and disobedience. Paul says, be careful that you don't fancy yourself to be secure above any temptation or above any fall and fall into the temptation of sin. Paul says, you don't have to give in to the crouching tiger of sin at your door. You're not perfect. Certainly going to be times of sin, but sin does not have to be the pattern and the habit of your life. Okay, that takes us to verse 13. I want to go through this verse. We want to understand what it means, and then I want to draw four applications from 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13. Verse 13. Let me read it, then we'll work our way through it. Learn from your history, Paul says. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you, He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Let's go through that verse. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. No trial, no test, no enticement to sin has laid its hands on you that is unique and new. The instruments of temptation may be different. The technology that brings forth temptation may be there. But the same nature that existed in Adam and Eve is the same nature that exists in us. No temptation is new. No temptation is unique. Like Adam and Eve, we still want to be God. We want to be like Him, at least. We want to serve ourselves. We want to be the ones on the throne. We want to be the ones calling the shot. That temptation is not new. And that is so critical for us to understand. Because here's the deal. Whatever you're going through, you can never say, no other person ever had to deal with this. No other person had to face this. No other person had to live through the intensity of this. And because no other person had to do it, it's okay for me to disobey. Because, I mean, what would you expect? There is absolutely no temptation that has its hands on you that is not common to man. The test, the trial, the enticement to sin, like a crouching tiger by your door. It wants to jump on you, but you're not the first person it has wanted to jump on. Temptation is common to all. You are not exempt from obedience. Paul continues, and God is faithful. The test and the trial and enticement to sin is right there like a crouching tiger ready to pounce on you, but it's not the only one there. God is there, if you're a believer, present within your heart, ready and willing to give you everything you need. He is faithful. He is trustworthy. He is dependable. He is the one in whom we're going to have full confidence. God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Now let me make sure we understand the point that it is not God who tempts us. 
He can let it happen. He can allow it to happen, but he doesn't do the tempting. James 1, 13 through 15 says this, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. And then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. God does not tempt us, but Satan does, and sometimes on our own evil desires we are dragged away and enticed. But God will never allow that temptation to be so strong. He'll never allow that temptation to be so intense that you can honestly say, I cannot handle this any longer. I cannot resist this. It is physically, emotionally, and spiritually impossible. That will not happen. God will not tempt you beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, when you do face trial, when you are enticed to sin, and you will be, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. That way out may be very, very simple. It may be something radical that you have to do in your life. But he will always provide a way to escape. 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overcome you as common to man. God is faithful. He will never allow you to be tempted more than you can handle. He will always provide a way to get out so you can stand up under it. Four applications. Number one, I'm going to ask you today to evaluate what you're standing on. He who thinks he stands, take heed. Be careful so that you don't fall. So evaluate what you're standing on. Is your footing firm? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Was there a time in your life when you realized that you were a sinner, absolutely nothing you could do to work your way to God, and you trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Is your footing firm? Or maybe you're a believer. You've trusted in Christ. Question to you is, are you growing as a believer? Are you developing as a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you in personal and corporate worship regularly? Is that a pattern and habit of your life? Do you read God's Word? Do you hear from Him? Do you desire to be strengthened by Him? Is your life measured by His Word? Is your life managed by His Word? Paul says, be careful so you don't fall. Secondly, Christians before you have resisted the same temptations and trials you're facing. You can resist them too. The encouragement is this. No matter how strong your temptation, no matter how intense the heat, others have resisted it by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can too. You do not have to give in. You are not in a unique situation. You cannot use some excuse of uniqueness to give in to this sin. And sometimes the most powerful examples of surviving through the most difficult times are right here in the Word of God. You see, if you want to know what it's like to live in a culture that is totally anti-God, 
Read the life of Daniel. And see how Daniel said, I will not give in. No matter what, you can throw me to the lions. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not going to give in. And then you can see how God provided a way out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Again, they would not bow their knee. They're not going to do that. They lived in a culture counter to God. And they said, you can throw us in a furnace. It doesn't matter. And watch how God provided a way out. You read the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Here he is in an intense situation of temptation. Young man. And you know what he does, don't you? He literally runs away. On and on and on in Scripture. Not just children's stories but examples of real-life human beings with situations like us who made it through because they depended on the power of God. They've been through it before, and you can too. Our greatest example, of course, is Jesus Christ. The writer of Hebrews says, "...considered Christ who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you don't grow weary and lose heart." Hebrews 4, 14 and 16 say this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, with our temptations, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. We have the supreme example, Jesus Christ, who faced every temptation just as we do, yet without sin. He knows what it's like to be tempted, the intensity of it. Yet, He never gave in. So the writer of the Hebrews says, so ask Him for help. The one who knows exactly what you're going through. Approach His throne of grace with confidence. He's done it. And He's going to give you help and strength in time of need. Third one. God is the one in whom we can have full confidence. You can't depend on anyone else to get you through this situation. You can't depend on your closest friend, your strongest spiritual mentor, your husband, your wife. God is the one who's going to get you through. It's His promise. He will never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And you say, Ron, that is so easy for you to say. You're not facing the temptation that I'm facing. You're not going through a temptation that is so strong and so intense that I'm this close to giving in. You're not doing that. It's easy for you to stand up there and say that. You're not facing the trial that I'm going through. You're not carrying the burden that I'm carrying. You're not facing the physical pain I'm literally experiencing. And you can stand up there and say that. Well, you're right. Please don't hear me coming across with some glib formula. Because when I look at some of your lives, I admit from a human standpoint, I wonder how are they getting through? How are they going to handle this? Lord, not one more thing. But you see, it's not about me putting forth some cliches or smooth statements or pat answers. It's about the promise of God. The promise He sets before all of us. 
And he says, he's never going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. And I got to claim that promise in my life, and you have to claim and live by that promise in your life. We're in this together. And God is the only one going to see us through the difficult times and the strong temptations. So our full confidence is in God, not each other. Finally, you got to look for the way out. Because God's promise is this. However strong your temptation, however deep your trial, however difficult your time, He's providing an escape. Now, it may be a very simple escape, like not putting yourself in that tempting situation. If there's a particular sin that seems to trip you up, you try to avoid that situation, the circumstance that goes along with that sin. So sometimes the, the escape route is as obvious. God gave us a brain to think with. We should use it. But sometimes the escape route means a radical decision you have to make. But there's the route. I'll give you the strength to take it, but it's a radical one. I don't know what way out God has given you. I don't know what sin, what temptation, what burden you may be dealing with. But I can tell you this, no temptation has come your way that is unique and new. And God is faithful, and He'll never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, and you will be, He's going to provide a way out so that you can persevere. God did not call us through Christ to a life of defeat. He called us to an abundant life. He gives us everything we need. And please stay with us. Ron returns in a few moments with a look at our next time together. When wanting to look your best in public, do you care about the appearance of your clothing? And the same question could be asked of your spiritual apparel, especially of those garments God has provided by His grace. They comprise an eight-piece ensemble made of heaven's finest virtues. You'll find that collection in Ron's PDF booklet titled, Garments of Grace. In Garments of Grace, Ron describes each piece and how it's to be worn for God's glory. But here's a warning. When you don this wardrobe, you will be conspicuous. In a world dressed in filthy clothing, torn and tattered by sin, your attire will shine like the stars. Garments of Grace is yours as a digital download for a gift of any amount at ronmore.org. Again, that web address is ronmore.org. Your gift today will help keep the journey on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Now, let's join Ron for a preview of our next broadcast. How should one who knows the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ deal with conflict in their life? Today, we want to look at some ingredients of conflict, and then we want to determine how believers should handle, very practically, these issues of their life. Let's start with the definition of conflict. Conflict is very simply a difference in opinion or purposes that frustrates someone's goals or desires. That according to Ken Sandy from his book, The Peacemaker. Difference in opinion, a difference in purpose, and that frustrates what we want to do. A conflict is not all bad. Sometimes it's neutral. Sometimes it's beneficial. 
We all have different opinions. We all have different tastes. We have different perspective on things. God demands unity, but never uniformity. We're going to look at a lot of passages of Scripture today, but let's start with Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says this, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We hope you can join us for that message next time. And please remember to get your copy of Ron Moore's digital devotional, Garments of Grace. In its pages, you'll discover spiritual apparel for the well-dressed Christian. Garments of Grace is yours for a donation of any amount. You can get it online at ronmoore.org. That's ronmoore.org. Also, for our Pittsburgh area listeners, the real conversation continues at the Bible Chapel with Real Talk, Conversations from Corinth. In Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, we'll discover what God has to say about leadership, sex, life, victory, and connection. This is a series you won't want to miss. The Bible Chapel has campuses across the greater Pittsburgh area. Visit BibleChapel.org for a location near you. Again, that address is BibleChapel.org. And if the journey has brightened your day and deepened your walk with Christ, won't you tell your friends and family about our program? Finally, please keep in mind that the journey relies on your generous donations to remain on the air, developing followers of Jesus Christ. Your gift today will be deeply appreciated. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join Ron next time as we walk together on The Journey.